politics, sports, movies. You are listening to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. Welcome to the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. My name is Frank. I'm the host of the show. And uh, sorry, guys, I'm a little bit late. I know I posted a little earlier that I was going to come on about 9.15. So obviously it's not 9.15, a little bit later than that, but I'm happy to be on. I hope everybody has had a fantastic weekend. Uh, Looking forward to doing this episode as well. Um, Before we get into that, though, just a couple of housekeeping items. So again, this is the Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. I'm Frank. I'm the host of the show. If this is your first time checking out either this live video or listening to the audio feed later, thanks for checking out the show and seeing if you like it. If you're a return listener or watcher, thank you for coming back. I really appreciate it. So the show can be uh, consumed in different mediums. So obviously I'm doing a live now. Uh, recently I've started recording the podcast live. So I'm here on Twitter. Hi everybody on Twitter. At Bend Your Ear Pod over here on Facebook. Hi everybody on Facebook. I'm on my personal Facebook page. Uh, but this will be on the Let Me Bend Your Ear um, Facebook page uh, after I record. And I put it up later. Uh, I will start to broadcast from the Facebook page uh, once I get more likes there, I've got more followers here on my personal page. That's where I'm going to do the live here, and then I'll post a video on the pay, on the podcast page. So I would ask if you're interested or like the show, or even if you don't listen to it every time, if you could like the Let Me Bend Your Ear page, I want to get more likes on that page. And if you could subscribe to the YouTube channel, that's uh, Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast. And uh, if you're listening to it on the podcast feed audio later, that's great. I have That's fantastic. I really appreciate that. Uh, the podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Castbox, and Amazon Music. So you can listen to it through your Alexa at home. Um, so um, that's another new way you can listen to it. You can also get episodes uh, directly from the website. The show does have a website. It is www.letmebendyourear.com. And uh, you can get all the episodes there and download them there all the time as well. Uh, and also, if you search for the show on Google, if you just type in Let Me Bend Your Ear podcast, uh, there'll be other podcatchers that uh, the show is available on. Uh, I don't know all of them, and I don't really broadcast those because I'm not officially members of them. I know some people just catch podcasts from all the feeds. So if you find it that way, that's fine. If you have a feed that I haven't mentioned before that you have the podcast on, that's great. Uh, the other thing I would ask if you're a regular listener to the show, two things I would ask, actually. One. If you, especially if you listen on Apple Podcasts, but on any podcast app, uh, please please rate and review the show. Uh, if you like it, give it a five star review. This is super important. Um, if you're not familiar with how pod- podcasting works, so obviously I'm an independent podcaster. So any uh, advertisement or any kind of exposure that I get is is word of mouth and, and me getting out there. So if you rate and review the podcast, especially on Apple Podcasts, what that does is if someone is searching. For a new podcast uh what it'll do is the more ratings and review a particular podcast may have the higher profile it gets in searches so if they're searching for a movie podcast then um if there's a lot of rating reviews on this one or anyone it'll pop up at the beginning and this is how people can find new podcasts especially podcasters that don't have a large following or are not well known uh so that's really the biggest way uh for us to get uh to get to get listeners so if you could do that i'd appreciate it uh, like I said, on any podcasting app, but definitely specifically uh, Apple Podcast. The second thing I would ask, and I always ask this every week, and this is a real easy thing to do. If you see uh, me or follow me on social media or see things here on Facebook or on Twitter, 
uh, especially when I post for new episodes, either the video, the live video, or when it comes to the audio feed. Uh, please like and share it, uh, retweet it. Uh, like I said, any retweet is helpful. Um, it, it, it helps. Like I said, again, that's another easy way you can help if you're a fan of this podcast and want to help it grow. It's a super easy way to do that. Uh, and my goal, and this is why I've, I've, I've incorporated the video element into the podcast, uh, is because I'm trying to find ways to branch out, get more listeners, viewers here. Uh, even if there's really the viewership drives people to the audio podcast, that's great. If people want to watch the videos, even whether now live or later, uh, that's fine too. It's just more ways I'm trying to get out there, get the show out there, uh, promote myself as far as the podcast and hopefully people will enjoy to listen to it so this podcast is you know uniquely focused on movies now it's really uh the three things that i'm passionate about are movies sports and politics uh i have taken a break from politics i think for obvious reasons uh it's not really something i'm interested in doing right now because of the 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 nature of what's been going on uh the last year or so so I've kind of stayed away from it. I'll get back to it eventually. Uh, sports, uh, I do here and there. I did an episode a few episodes back with uh, with Chad from Sports Car Unleashed on the NFL Draft. We're actually going to do part two. Of the NFL Draft is next week. So after that, we're kind of going to do a postmortem on that on kind of what the top 10 teams or something like that picked. And then we'll discuss like we did before, kind of a part two of, of our two teams. Chad's favorite team is the Titans. Mine is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so we'll probably do another or we'll do a part two of our NFL deep dive episode. Um, Chad's really follows college players, follows the draft. So he's a good he's a good resource for that because that's not my area of expertise. I, I know uh, almost everything about the NFL, but I don't really follow the draft uh, the college draft going into the NFL, that's not something that I'm I'm super interested in. So Chad's a good counterbalance for me to give me that information uh, and to kind of uh, fill that void. So that's uh, that should be a fun show. And talking football with him is great anyway. So look forward to that. That's coming up shortly. All right. So tonight uh, I'm going to review. I've promoted it uh, last couple of days. So we're going to do two movies again today. Uh, the first movie is going to be Mortal Kombat. The second movie will be Promising Young Woman. So obviously the second movie has been nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, I know the Oscars are happening right now. I record this live. I'll I'll watch it at some point, uh, probably later or tomorrow. I'm recording it now, uh, so we'll see what happens. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of the Oscar-nominated films. I've seen Sound of Metal, which I reviewed last week, um, and I've seen uh, a Promising Young Woman, which I'll review shortly, obviously. Uh, so let's get into Mortal Kombat first, though. So Mortal Kombat is, of course, a movie, if you're aware of the video game, this is a video game that was popular in the early 90s. I was a, I'm not a huge video game person, but I was a fan of this video game. Uh, at the time it came out, it was super controversial because the game was extremely, extremely violent. So obviously it's a, it's a, it's a battle game. It's a, it's a two-person fighter game. And uh, the thing that made it controversial was the characters in the game would have specific finishing moves and they were completely violent one would pull the heart out of another one or one would you know shoot a chain with a hook that way you had someone free some were not as violent some were super violent the game was aggressively violent and bloody so of course you know people had a cow about it and were 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 worried about the violence and of course that's always a theme with video games or movies how they affect children and blah 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 so in the 90s the game was huge and in the 90s they made a couple of movies Mortal Kombat and then Mortal Kombat I think Annihilation I didn't see either one of those movies from what I've heard those movies were awful 
Um, so those movies were made, and then it's been dormant. I know the game is still continued in 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 various forms. I think it's on the eleventh edition of it. I believe somebody was telling me. Um, I, I don't play them, so I'm not an expert on that. So. This film, again, I, I was able to screen it because it is on HBO Max and theaters. It premiered this past Friday. So I was able to watch it on HBO Max. As I've stated the last couple of episodes, uh, I prefer to watch movies in the theater. Uh, I'm in Florida, so I have the ability to do that. It's just, unfortunately, I have two small children, and weekends are pretty much packed with getting them around to do stuff, and, and getting to the movies is hard for me, and I miss it. I'm uh, Hopefully soon, in the next few months, I'll get back to where I'm regularly kind of seeing these movies in the theater because that's where I prefer to see them anyway. But again... The, the fortunate part is with HBO Max, I'm able to watch new movies um, at home at my uh, at, around my schedule, which is fantastic. So uh, this movie came out Friday. Um, it's basically set. There's a pre uh, prologue in uh, Japan, 1617. So it sets up uh, a character named Hanzo, uh, who's um, with a woman and a child and these raiders come in and uh, kill him and kill his family. So that's the setup for the movie. And um, Hanzo becomes uh, one of the Mortal Kombat characters. I'll leave it at that. If you know the video game, I mean, you know the characters that are the main ones, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, um, Raiden, uh, Kano, so and, and a bunch of other characters show up. So... The main story is it goes to the present day and basically in a nutshell there's an earth realm and an out realm. So these these beings in the out realm which is run by by Sub-Zero is looking to conquer champions from the earth realm so they can take over. So that's kind of the basic story. I mean, a thing like this with Mortal Kombat, it's kind of I reviewed Tom and Jerry a couple of weeks ago and it's and it's this kind of movie it's tough to review in the sense that not that I can not can give my opinion on it, but it's it's a situation where look, it's the movie's based on a video game, so there's only so much you can expect. But even with that being said, I expect it to have a good story and and for me to be engaged in what the story is and the movie. So I'm gonna work backwards. I'm not gonna talk about the plot. I did, I gave you the basic story. Let me start with the things that I liked about the movie. So. What I did like, uh, the, they tried to infuse a sense of humor in the movie. Probably my favorite character in the movie is Kano. Uh, so he was funny, you know, kind of a smart ass. So that character I thought was entertaining. Um, I thought Hanzo, who becomes Scorpion, is fantastic. Uh, I thought he did a really good job. Uh, the fight sequences are really good. You know, a lot of good martial arts action. And there's bloody violence, you know, if you're looking for R-rated violence based on the R-rated video game, you're going to get that with this movie. It delivers that. Uh, like I said, you can tell it's it's made with a very good budget, so it doesn't seem cheap. It doesn't seem, um, it seems really put together. The special effects are really good. And some of the fight sequences are, are excellent. Uh, so that's that's the part I liked about it. Uh, so if you're, if you're going in looking for that, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think you'll enjoy it. My issue with the movie is I kind of like the, the the setting of it or the setup of the movie, Japan, the ancient time, uh, the Hanzo character. I, I did like that 10-minute that prologue. The problem is this movie clocks in at an hour and 50 minutes, and um, that's too long. Uh, I reviewed, if you listen to the last episode, I reviewed Nobody with Bob Odenkirk. One of the great things about that action movie uh, there's not a lot of story. It gets right to the point, 
and it's 92 minutes long. So I think Mortal Kombat could have benefited from probably trimming about 20 minutes um, because it felt long. And considering the story is pretty basic, it, the movie shouldn't have been that long, and it felt it. Um, so it's it's it it kept me from being super engaged all the way through. Uh, like I said, there were things I liked about it. I mean, the actors give their all in it. Like I said, the martial arts sequences are really really good. Uh, the special effects are really really good, uh, and uh, some of the references to the game. So if you know the game at all, I've played it. There's some callbacks to the game. Uh, that are fun if you're a fan of the video game. And I, like I said, I played the original game. I haven't played any of the iterations since then. But the the callbacks to the game, some of the moves that the fighters employ in the movie uh, bring back the game. So that part was fun because it's nostalgic like anything else, but it was fun. Uh, but again, as a movie itself, uh, I think uh, it, it kind of dragged uh, going into the third act. And um, it was something where I could it could have been tighter. I think, like I said, this this definitely could have been uh, a ninety minute movie. And had they clocked it in at ninety minutes, I think it would have been uh, a better movie. Uh, is it terrible? Is it unwatchable? Absolutely not. I think uh, I think you can see that they made an effort to try to make a good movie. Like I said, it's kind of challenging when you're using a video game as a template for a movie. There's been quite a few. Of those attempts and most of them have been utter failures super mario brothers is a big example uh, and you had good actors in that movie you had hoskins bob hoskins john leguizamo uh, as mario brothers but i mean it's tough to do and um that's the biggest example i can think of and even the previous mortal kombat movies i haven't seen them but i've, I've heard that they were not very good uh street fighter john claude van damme uh, also not good so when you try to make movies out of video games, like I said, your expectations can't be that high. But I thought they made an effort to try to do something good. I think what their their focus was, was I think they wanted to make an R-rated violent film that was a good representation of the violence and the level of gore in the actual video game. So I think they succeeded there. So if you're looking for that, like I said, if you're looking for that, you're probably going to enjoy it a lot. Uh, so my review of Mortal Kombat is going to be two and a half Van Goghs out of five. So uh, I explained my star rating review last week. So two and a half is basically it's it's an OK movie. Uh, I, I wouldn't watch it again. Uh, but again, like I said, it's not unwatchable. If you are a fan of the game Mortal Kombat and you like violent martial arts and some gore in there, you're going to be satisfied, I believe. I think it's a, it's an entertaining movie in that respect. Uh, but like I said, it's I can't give it more than two and a half. I think it's it's a it's an okay movie. It's not terrible. Uh, it's not fantastic. It's okay. So that's why you get my two and a half fan goes out of five. So again, two and a half for uh, Mortal Kombat. So next up, I'm going to review Promising Young Woman. I've actually been looking forward to seeing this movie. I know it's been out for a while. And it is obviously up for uh, some awards. I believe it's up for Best Picture. Definitely up for Best Actress uh, for Carrie Mulligan. So Carrie Mulligan's character, Cassandra, as the movie opens, you see her. What she does is she goes to clubs, goes to a club, I think, once a week. And um, appears to be, as the movie opens, she appears to be super drunk. Super to the point, She's when you see her first... She's just basically sitting in a club, like in a long bench area, and uh, 
She can't keep her head up. She looks super, super drunk. So there's a couple guys at the bar. Of course, they see her going, oh, she's a mess. And then uh, one of the guys says, I'm going to go over there, you know, talk to her, see if she's okay. And what it really is, is I'm going to go over there, talk to her and see if I can take her home. So he picks her up. She's, you know, she barely is talking because she's inebriated. He gets her into an Uber. They go to his place. Um, She's super drunk. She tells him she has to lie down. She's like, oh, of course. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, and things start to take place. He starts to undress her and uh, looks like he's about to have sex with her. And then she snaps out of inebriation and asks him, what's he doing? So as you see, she's not drunk at all. She's completely sober. And basically, this guy's like, holy shit. So that's that's how the movie opens. So as the movie progresses, what we start to find out, you start to find out more about Cassandra's background. So basically, and I don't want to give too much away. Uh, so basically, you find out that Cassandra has suffered a traumatic incident that has kind of driven her to do this. So you find out that she does this regularly. And um, Emerald Fennell is the director, the writer-director. She's an actress. I think that's been on The Crown. This is her first film that she's written and directed. And she's definitely got a point of view here. And before I get further into the movie, what I took away from it, um, and it's a consistent theme throughout the movie, and I think as you watch it, it informs it. Uh, And I think it's actually pretty smart and realistic. So obviously, this is a movie regarding uh, date rape or, you know, things that happen to women who are not a full consciousness in the sense that they're drunk or they're 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 in some kind of altered state. But that's not the important part. The the movie really does a good job of of the the people, the men in the movie that pick her up and take her home. Like in a in a different movie, you would see like not to say that they're not creepy, but they they would be a, they would be a the stereotype would be like he would be a sleaze bag, like obviously sleazy, and you see where this is going. What she does here, and I think it's intentional, is the, she really plays in the gray area. And 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 I think her point is there is no gray area when you think there's a gray area. If if you're attempting to have sex with a woman that's not completely there because she's in an altered state, whether it's drugs or alcohol, then you are in the wrong. And the situations that uh, that Emerald puts Cassandra's character in the movie are very clear. It's clear that she's drunk, and it's clear these guys kind of do the same move. They're really nice at first. They pretend that they care about her. It's not an overly aggressive right off the bat. And I think in other movies you would see that. And especially probably movies directed by men. But in this case, I think she wants to really show you that any man is capable of going down this road, even if otherwise he's probably a decent person. And that makes it more complicated. And that makes it, and as the narrative unfolds, you'll start to see, and when you find out more about what's happening in the movie, and like I said, I don't want to give away too much, um, but you see a pattern of where, and you see this if you've watched any kind of famous uh, cases of rape, where the man's given the benefit of the doubt, the woman is is either victim shamed or slut shamed or or whatever it is, 
where it is it's basically made incumbent upon the woman 100% responsible for what happened to her because she did this or didn't do that and and like I said there's a clear point of view in this movie about that and the and an issue about that so as the movie progresses she meets uh, a, a doctor so you find out that Cassandra was actually in medical school and dropped out due to the traumatic event that happened. Like I said, I don't want to say too much because uh, you should watch the movie and then you'll get more of an idea. But she, what you do find out is she was in medical school and she dropped out after this event took place. So she meets, because uh, she's working at a coffee shop, she meets a doctor. Um, name is Ryan, played by comedian Bo Burnham. And uh, performance-wise, he's fantastic in this movie. I've never seen him in a film before. And I know he's done other things before, but he's great. And it's a great character because what happens is they start to form a relationship as she's doing these things, you know, deceiving these men, trying to, you know, set a trap. And it's, and it was, it kind of subverted my expectation a little bit because I think going in, I thought, you know, I wasn't sure if she was hurting these men or what she was doing because what they do is she has a book of, she's checking people off and they're different colors and they never show her doing something violent at the beginning they never show her they just show her on a couple of occasions when she's on a couple of these dates confronting the guy that's about to have sex with her knowing that she's completely zonked or pretending to be drunk that they think she's drunk so there's an implication that maybe on some of these dates that go farther or 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 more violent that some things happen um, more violently but they don't show it but her relationship with ryan is genuine he's a nice guy he likes her a lot she starts to like him so then of course that that results in a conflict does she continue down this road of 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 reckoning because what this is is kind of a a a different type of revenge movie so you know revenge movies happen all the time but this is kind of one with a little twist on it so bo barnum and carrie mulligan their their chemistry is great their relationship is good um so it seems like her life is kind of taking a positive direction but things start to happen that kind of pulls her back into doing it and again i know i'm being vague intentionally but there's 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 one twist in the movie that happens and then the end of the movie uh i thought was really satisfying and i'll I'll get to that so like i said the movie has a definitive point of view and uh like i said it it really shows you two things one that um a man in any given situation unfortunately if depending on his mindset you know can can do things that are horrific even if that's normally what they don't do and that's why like i said that's why i think this movie is really smart because i think it would have been easy to almost give guys a pass say look not every guy's like this you know anyone that would do that must do it all the time or they're a serial rapist and that's not the case a lot of times with these cases it's 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 a crime of opportunity it's not even a crime of, you know, you get the 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 spooky boogeyman out there, you know, that accosts a stranger uh, in the street, and it's a crime of 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 that. It's this is more almost insidious, and that's the way the movie shows it. It's it's in a situation where you take you you found a woman in a state of weakness because she's not fully there because she may be uh, inebriated or for whatever reason uh, her faculties are not there, and then you take advantage of that as a crime of opportunity. So, like I said, the movie does a really good job of of illustrating how horrific that is and illustrating the damage that it causes uh, to women. And uh, as the movie progresses, she kind of escalates what she does. 
Uh, there's a scene with Allison Brie from Glow, if you know her from Glow, uh, and Mad Men uh, as an old friend of hers. And uh, that's the thing this movie does as well, too. The men don't behave badly, behave very badly, but there's a couple of scenes. Connie Britton's in the movie, too. She does a great scene as a dean of the college, of the medical school that Cassandra went to. Uh, where they kind of do the same thing. They kind of, Alison Brie's character and Connie Britton's character, both uh, in the scenario that Cassandra's, you know, painting to them, kind of, they blame the woman and they, and they and they say, you know, especially in Connie Britton's, you know, you can't ruin this guy's reputation based on an accusation. And, uh, and, and, the, and the guys always get the benefit of doubt, not just from other guys, but from, from women as well, which is even more, more um, alarming. Uh, you would think that uh, among women there would be a a more sympathetic or or at least an understanding um, of this situation, and uh, like I said, and there's a there's a there's a very gripping scene with 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 Cassandra and Allison Bree's character. Um, she gets her very very drunk and essentially um, sets her up and makes her think that she may have had sex with someone when she was inebriated to prove a point. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's disturbing because that's, Cassandra feels that she has to go to that level because people don't understand what's happened to her and the traumatic event that's happened, uh, and that they, people just kind of brushed it off because her character is driven by, I think the, well, I know but from watching it is, is driven by the, the way everyone has moved on from this incident except her and she's angry about it and she feels that there needs to be a reckoning for it and uh, her parents Cassandra's parents are played by um Clancy Brown the great actor and um is it Jennifer S oh, I forgot her name now Jennifer Coolidge uh, from American Pie uh played Stifler's mom but she's great in here too they're both great Cassandra's living with her parents and 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 they are struggling because her their daughter's struggling and and they want her to move on and be happy and when she starts to date Ryan they're ecstatic uh, but there's some great Clancy Brown especially too has some really good scenes with her and that relationship is very touching and and you can see that they they know that their daughter's in a lot of pain and they don't know what to do uh, to help her but they're there for her and, and and they're trying and and that that part of the movie like I said that's that's um, a, a tribute to the screenplay uh, I think the screenplay. Uh, of this movie is fantastic, and I think it 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 uh, the secondary characters uh, add to the movie a lot. And there's actually a scene um, with Alfred Molina, a uh, small scene that he plays, and he's fantastic. Uh, he's an attorney, a defense attorney, um, that uh, defended someone accused of, of of sexual assault, and uh, he has a great scene with Cassandra. He's in it. He's got two scenes, and they're phenomenal. Uh, Alfred Molina, a great actor. So it, it, the screenplay is fantastic. Like I said, the the message that is trying to send, I think it's fantastic. I think obviously, in light of the Me Too movement and and what's been going on, uh, there's been a reckoning uh, of you know going you know starting with Harvey Weinstein, and now actually with Scott Rudin, the producer. That's if you've watched the news now, you've seen in the last week or two, you know he's been you know Hollywood Reporter had a long article about uh, his decades of abuse of of subordinates, just in a hostile hostile work environment. So I think a, a movie like this is timely, but it's also very entertaining. Uh, the thing, the other thing about the movie too, there's a lot of funny moments in the movie. So like I said, it's a revenge movie, but with with kind of a dark comic twist to it. 
So like I said, there was a lot of moments and they were actually laughed. And uh, again, a tribute to, I think, a really good screenplay. Uh, and um, the third act of the movie, like I said, there is a twist. Um, I almost say two twists, but there's one major twist in the movie. Uh, like I said, I won't give it away. And then the way the movie ends, I think it's clever and satisfying. And um, it's consistent with the theme of the movie. I'll just leave it at that. But uh, I'll start with the performances. Carrie Mulligan as Cassandra was fantastic. Uh, she did a great job. Uh, she conveys the 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 anger, the um, the kind of trepidation of starting a new relationship with Ryan. Again, I'll bring up Bo Burnham. I think he's one of the best performances in the film as Ryan, her potential new boyfriend, as as, as someone that comes in and 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 offers some kind of hope for Cassandra to kind of move on from this situation and move on from the trauma. Because I think another theme in the movie, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, and but I picked up on it as I was watching it. Um, and a lot of these revenge movies, I think, do it as well. Even if you feel, and you feel her character, you feel that what she's doing, I don't know if I want to use the word justified or not, but you 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 sympathize with her character because you, you know she's been through something and she's going after people that are just not very good people. So it's easy to root for a revenge person. But I think what this movie does as well and what all good revenge movies do is there's a morality to play with the person seeking the revenge because I think when your life is consumed by revenge and consumed about getting somebody back or getting this back or get back, you kind of lose yourself and this it becomes your life and you think you're doing something to satisfy yourself, but really you're just stuck reliving that traumatic event by trying to seek revenge. And I think by having her have this relationship with Ryan in the movie, I think it really ha has her revisit what she's doing. And then she really seriously considers whether it's time for her to move on. And uh, I think that's a, that's an underlying theme in this movie that I think gives it a lot more depth to than just being a regular, this happened to her, now she's seeking revenge, and then she's going to get what she wants. Uh, I think it added a lot of emotional depth, and I think it's a realistic portrayal of how revenge, even however justified you may think it may be to yourself, or however you were wrong and you think you need to get people back that haven't suffered the reckoning that you think they should have suffered, um, it eats at you because it's, it consumes you even more than the people you're trying to get back because they've moved on with their lives and you're the one that's actually suffering the pain because you're living in that constantly every day and it, and it kind of just brought you from the inside. So I think uh, that relationship, like I said, with, with Ryan um, really kind of gave it some emotional weight, which leading into the third act of me, like I said, is is fantastic. So you know, as things escalate, um, like I said, I don't want to give too much away. Uh, I'm highly recommend Promising Young Woman. It's really, really good. Uh, it's uh, it's a very entertaining. Um, I will give one thing away because it's been in other reviews, and to to underscore kind of the um, the funny parts of the movie that kind of lighten it a little bit. There's a great scene when Ryan and Cassandra go out on a date. They're at a pharmacy. And a song comes on on the PA system in the pharmacy, and it's a song by, of all people, Paris Hilton. I don't even know the name of the song. I, I, so the song's playing, and I didn't even know it was Paris Hilton until Cassandra's character said, she says, oh, because what happens is Ryan starts singing the song in the pharmacy, in front, and he knows all the words. He knows all the lyrics. So Cassandra's like, what? You know all the lyrics to a, a Paris Hilton song? So they start singing it together, and there's a montage of their relationship. Very funny, very well done. Uh, the song actually seems perfect when you watch the the scene. So things like that kind of lighten it a little bit. So I think it was, like I said, again, I think I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the screenplay. 
I'm looking forward to see what Emerald Fennel does next. It's an original movie. Like I said, it's a, it's a spin on the revenge uh, thriller. Uh, and like I said, I think you'll really enjoy it a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and give Promising Young Woman um, four stars or four Van Goghs out of five. Um, it's really, really good. Uh, I would watch it again. Uh, very entertaining. Um, very topical. Uh, like I said, it, it has a very definitive point of view. And I think it's a very important point of view. I think, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, that a lot of men that, you know, think they're good dudes. And when the situation presents itself to really be a good dude, they're not. And uh, it may only happen once, but that's one time too many. And I think that's the point, uh, at least that I took away from that movie. Um, and I think a lot of times it, it may only happen once where, 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 where a guy sexually assaults a woman when she's not in her right frame of mind because she's inebriated and they just move on and, and go on with their life and don't even think they did anything wrong. And it may have been the only time it happened. But again, I think the movie does a great job of illustrating that's one time too many because it should never happen. Uh, but again, very entertaining. Carrie Mulligan was fantastic uh, as Cassandra. Uh, like I said, Bo Burnham was great. And like I said, you have some great performances. Clancy Brown, um, Jennifer Coolidge, and um, and uh, Alfred Molina in his a couple of scenes that he's in. So again, I'm going to give Promising Young Woman uh, four Van Goghs out of five. And uh, Mortal Kombat, as I reviewed a little earlier, uh, two and a half Van Goghs out of five. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, if you're watching live now, great. Uh, leave comments here. Um, if you've made comments, I don't look now because I try to stay focused on on the podcast. So leave comments uh, now or if you want to leave it, if you watch it later, I'll definitely read them all and I'll respond. You can follow the show, of course, here on Twitter. Hi, Twitter. At Bend Your Ear Pod. Hey, Facebook. Let Me Bend Your Ear. The YouTube channel is Let Me Bend Your Ear Podcast. And Twitter is at Bend Your Ear Pod, Instagram at Bend Your Ear Pod. And um, follow me on the social medias. Like I said, uh, the one thing I like to do is talk movies. So I definitely engage on Twitter every day. If you have a take on a movie I reviewed, a suggestion about a movie to watch, um, disagree, agree, please let me know. I love talking movies. I love watching other podcasters on Twitter give their comments about movies and having interactions with them. So again, I'm trying to grow the show. So uh, follow me on the social medias. Follow me here. Uh, I definitely want to get a bigger audience. And like I said, if you prefer to listen to it on the audio feed like you're doing, if you've done so, continue to do that. I love that. That's always going to be the focus. So the podcast, again, is available at Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Amazon Music. And like I said, wherever you get podcasts or podcatchers, it's usually there. Like I said, you can look it up at, on Google. You'll It'll pull up right away under Let Me Bend Your Podcast. Either if you go to the website, you can get all the episodes there. Again, www.letmebendyourear.com. The email for the show as, is uh, bendyourearpodcast at gmail.com. And again, as we move forward, I'm going to have a sports podcast in the next week or two with Chad regarding the draft. Uh, and like I said, I'm still probably going to be movie-centric going forward. Uh, for the next uh, little bit. Um, if I run out of new movies to review, um, I'm, I may do a new one and an old one or some old ones. Um, I do want to recommend, uh, before I get off the, the line, what I have been doing, you know, most things are digital and I don't really buy physical DVDs with one exception. Uh, so I've, I've reviewed a couple of movies um, that I've purchased from Criterion. So this is a free plug. I don't get anything from Criterion. 
if you are a movie buff, and you probably already know this if you are, but if you are interested in movies of alternative movies, old movies, classic movies, you can't go wrong than buying a Criterion Blu-ray. Um, I reviewed In the Heat of the Night of, um, of a couple of months ago after I bought the Criterion of that. So that movie came out in 1967, I believe. Uh, and I made this comment when on the review of the show. My son came in, who's 21, and he's he sees me watching the movie, and he's he's never heard of it. And I told him what it was. I told him the year it came out, and he's like, he goes, that movie looks new. Because that's the quality of the print and how it looked. Uh, so Criterion, if you don't know, they take movies, they do they they give it the royal treatment. They clean up the print, they clean up the sound, they uh, add commentary, the director commentary, they add document documentary footage or new documentaries. So I've reviewed a couple of Criterions. I've reviewed uh, Fisher King, the Terry Gilliam film. I reviewed In the Heat of the Night. And um, I've got a couple in the queue I just haven't gotten to. I'm really looking forward to uh, reviewing. This will be coming up on an upcoming episode. Um, I'm a big fan of Stanley Kubrick. One of my favorite Kubrick films is The Killing, which is one of his early movies. And I've got the Criterion of it, so I'm excited to watch that Criterion to see how it looks. But uh, plug for Criterion. I know Criterion has a channel now, so you can even stream them um, and watch it. But if you want to have... Uh, that's the only DVDs really I purchase now is when I want to see a classic film that I want. Oh, I have The Seven Samurai as well, Kurosawa. So looking forward to doing reviewing both of those uh, on the Criterion. But definitely check out Criterion. Um, they They do unbelievable work on this so if you're a movie lover and appreciate old movies and want to see them presented in the best way possible best picture best sound uh you definitely want to do that so definitely check out criterion so again uh i hope you enjoyed this episode um this is like i said this will be continue to be kind of a movie focused podcast uh, i hope you enjoy the live videos uh if you watch them now or if you watch them later i appreciate it uh, if you listen to the audio podcast feed i appreciate that as well uh, so again, uh, follow me on the social medias at Bend Your Ear Pod, Instagram and Twitter and uh, YouTube channel. Let me bend your ear podcast. Uh, so again, thanks for joining me. Uh, sorry, I came out a little bit late tonight. I hope everybody has a fantastic week and take care. <laughs>